Because I, I did some research and I found that we have over 60,000 thoughts a day. Isn't that amazing? 60,000 thoughts a day and most of that is negative. So I found meditation is a great way to help center yourself, relax and reset. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Off Duty Podcast. I just wanted to start off and say a thank you to everyone who's rated and reviewed this podcast. I am so grateful and so happy and so thankful that you chose to listen to my podcast each and every week. I love you all so much. And um, and I just wanted to start off this episode and say thank you. So how is everyone doing this week? I hope your week has been fun. I hope your week has been productive. And if it wasn't, that's okay, because we all have those weeks. To be honest, I haven't felt 100% this week. Yesterday, I actually woke up with a migraine, and it was terrible. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't have a shower. I couldn't get dressed. I couldn't drive to work. So I had to have a sick day. So that's why in this week's episode, I wanted to talk about self-care. I think there is a common misconception about self-care I don't think self-care is synonymous with being self-indulgent or being selfish. I think self-care really means taking care of yourself so you can be healthy, you can be well, you can do all the things that you want to do and you can care for other people. I think self-care is a part of how we cope with daily stresses and I think my recent sick day made me realise I need to make more time for self-care. I guess it's like that saying when you're on a plane and you see that flight attendant and they say, if the plane's going down, you got to make sure that you put on your, you have to put on the oxygen mask yourself before you put it on your child or the person next to you. Because if you don't look after yourself, you can't care for other people. I guess we all know that self-care is important and what we put in our bodies, what we do for our bodies impacts our health and well-being. So why don't we do it enough? I know that I didn't and maybe you can relate. I guess it's it kind of sucks and it's not great that sometimes we have to push ourselves so far we're almost burnt out then we realize we should be looking after ourselves more because you appreciate being well when you're sick unfortunately and um Here are some of the things I've been doing recently to reset and recharge to make sure that this doesn't happen again. So one of the things I've been doing recently, if you have been listening to this podcast, is journaling. And my friend listened to my podcast and so she bought me a journaling book, which is very sweet and very kind of her. So thank you. Um, this journaling book is called a 365 journal, which means it doesn't really matter if you haven't started journaling on 1st of January this year, you can do it at any time. And if you skip a day, it doesn't really matter because I've just got it in front of me on the top right hand side, it has the entry number of the journal. So if you're on the first page, it's number one, and then you write the date and you can write about whatever you like. I like doing a mix of bullet journaling, which is 
writing the list of things that I want to do or I need to do just so it's out of my mind and onto the piece of paper so I don't have to occupy my mind with things that I have to do and I can kind of relax because I know it. if I forget about it I can always go back to the journal. I also do free form of journaling which is whatever I'm thinking or feeling that day that's what I write down on the piece of paper. But at the bottom of each page it has journaling prompts. So if you're stuck on thinking about what you should write they've got some inspirational prompts at the bottom of each page. So for example this one says do you prefer to spend time alone or with other people? And then you can write. Um, another one is what are your favorite things to do when you're alone? What are your favorite ways to spend time with loved ones? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses and how can you improve on these? They're very, they're quite nice reflectional questions if you can't think of what to write that day. They're, it's also a blank page so there's no lines on it. So some of them say you can take a photo, paste it in the journaling book and then write about what you remember about that photo, what brought you joy, what was it about, what experience did you have, um, who was in it. And I do have a Polaroid camera so I can always take photos and paste it in which is really nice and you can always refer to it later as a kind of like a, a memory scrapbook or what you're thinking or feeling. So that was really nice. I've also, well this year as you know, I've been really getting into hobbies. So I think hobbies are a great way to show self-care. So you can always identify projects and tasks that are exciting to you. I find that hobbies often promote growth and can be very rewarding. For example, I started this podcast this year and I think one of the main reasons was I didn't really have a hobby. I'd wake up, I'd go to work, I'd come home, have dinner and go to sleep and repeat for the next five days or so. On the weekends I kind of just relax, hang out with my friends, see my family and that's it. Sometimes I felt like it was Groundhog Day and I didn't feel like I was challenging myself outside of work, if that makes sense. I didn't feel like I was doing something for me because I enjoyed it and because I liked it. So I started this podcast and I am still going through challenges of doing this podcast. I hadn't done, I did one previously with my friend, but that was like three or four, maybe five years ago. And I think trying to remember how to record, how to edit a podcast, what should I talk about, how do I post it on different platforms. And the format I think is different because I'm doing it by myself. So when I come across challenges like that and figure out a solution, it feels so rewarding because I've learned something new and I feel proud of myself. So I think hobbies are a great way to make sure that you schedule in time for yourself. I know that some of my friends, they often do team sports. And when I was at uni, I think my third year, I took up water polo. And I used to swim competitively when I was younger. And swimming is quite a individual sport. So water polo was very different 
I found that I like water sports more because I feel very confident and comfortable in the water. But doing the in a team aspect was very different. And I had so much fun because I met a lot of different people. I knew most of them because they most of the people at water polo were swimmers. And I met people from all different degrees. Some of them were first year, second year. Some people were doing their master's degree. And we used to have social competition nights every Tuesday. And this was when I was still living in Newcastle. And I would wake up, I think it was around 7 a.m. I get to uni. I think I used to go to the gym because I was like, I have to be. I was quite competitive. Well, I guess I still am. I was like, I have to be fit for water polo. So I used to work out in the mornings at the gym and then go to my nine o'clock class. And Tuesdays were a big day for me. So it's my last class, I think, finished around five or five thirty. I quickly have something to eat. And then because most of us were swimmers, we also did swimming training at the pool. And that was about an hour and a half. So that was 6 till 7.30. And then we had water polo from 7.30 to 9 p.m. Because it was social, it was teams. And we just first one team that night. And we'd rotate and do a different team the following week. Uh, I loved it so much I tried out for university games. Uni games? I think that's what it was called. I got in. And that year we went to Queensland and we did uni games there. I don't know how much water polo we did. We definitely did a lot of drinking, but it was so much fun because, and I actually wish that I did that from the first year uni. I think I, I'm quite a loner and I like being alone. So I really had to push myself to be social and hang out with other people, but I I loved it. I, I actually, if anything, I wish I did it earlier on. And the reason why I did it is because I wanted to make friends outside of high school, outside of um, my uni class, and I like doing sports, so I really enjoyed water polo. I know some of my friends do, was it like laser, not laser tag, Oztag, Oztag, people do rock climbing, hiking, gaming, I'm not a gamer, but I know people do that as a hobby. I don't know. I just, um, I'm all for hobbies and I think it's a great way to meet other people and be productive in a different way. And it can be very rewarding. The third thing I've also been doing is meditation. Now I'm not great at meditation. I have to do guided meditation because I can't just sit there in silence and meditate and concentrate. Um, But there's so many different resources for guided meditation. There's a lot on YouTube. I do mine on Audible because I'm an Audible member. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag do people still say that? (laughs) I don't know. Um, But I only do around 8 to 10 minutes or 5 to 10 minutes. I can't really do much longer than that. I would like to work my way up to 30 minutes because I... I know that my mind tends to wander. So guided meditation is really great because it's a bit, it's quite instructional and it makes you stay focused. And I, I guess it doesn't really matter where you are. You could be sitting on the ground. You could be lying on your bed. Sometimes I just do it in my bed. I, I guess it doesn't matter as long as you're in a comfortable position. And I found it 
helps me relax if I feel a bit anxious that day. Because I, I did some research and I found that we have over 60,000 thoughts a day. Isn't that amazing? 60,000 thoughts a day and most of that is negative. So I found meditation is a great way to help center yourself, relax and reset. The fourth thing I've been doing is taking a bath because I, as you know, have moved into a new apartment and I have a giant bathtub. Well, it's not giant, but it's bigger than the ones I've ever been in. I light a candle, I play some Spotify, sometimes I listen to a podcast. I might do my meditation in there. Sometimes I'll bring in my journaling book and write in my journal. I have used this product called Dr. Teal's Foaming Bath with pure Epsom salt. My God, it is like the best. It's great for bubbles. <laughs> but yeah, I love taking a bath. The fifth thing I've been doing is skincare. And I don't know if that's really, what is the word, basic or predictable, or that's what most girls associate with self-care is skincare. I recently created a self-care playlist on Spotify, which I'll link below if you want to listen, but I play that in the background if I'm taking a bath or I'm doing my skincare routine. I recently started a 10-step Korean skincare, which is quite excessive, I know, because usually my skincare routine is about, it's really, really basic. I usually just cleanse, tone, put my serums on, and then moisturize, that's it. So that's what, four steps? Four steps, I think. So 10 steps is a bit excessive, but all the creams that I see have amazing skin, so they must be doing something right. So here are some of the products I've been using. The first step is to double cleanse. So you can use a balm or an oil cleanser, and that really just, it's like an oily type substance. When you put it on the skin, it breaks down sunscreen, makeup. So the product I use is the Clinique Take the Day Off Cleansing Balm, which is quite expensive. It's like $59 for 125 mils. But a great alternative which I found is the Inky List Oat Cleansing Balm, which is only $15 for 150 mils. It's not as great, but it's a good alternative and it's quite great for travel because of the packaging. It's like in a squeezy tube. I also use sometimes the Neutrogena oil-free eye makeup remover. It does say oil-free, but it, I think it has a little bit of a oily type residue. But if you've had a lot of heavy eye makeup on, that is great to remove any excess eyeshadow, mascara, eyeliner. And I just use that with a cotton tip. The second step is a water-based cleanser. So the second part of the double cleanse, this is to remove any remaining makeup or dirt that could be on the skin. So this cleanser could be gel, foam, cream, or milk cleanser. It really just depends on your skin type. And this routine in general can be changed depending on what your skin type is or what your, what your skincare needs or goals are. I used to have very oily skin, but now I would say it's a little bit combination slash oily as I've gotten older I don't my skin doesn't produce as much oil as it used to probably because I'm getting older um, so the cleanser I used is Bioderma H2O micellar water so 
this is very popular with a lot of like beauty influences, I guess. But I, my God, because I know there's a lot of micellar water products that you can find at the pharmacy, which just aren't as good. It honestly just is like water because I don't think it's really removing any makeup or dirt from the skin, but Bioderma I always find it's really great. A couple other cleansers I've been using is the CeraVe Hydrating Cleanser, which is a foam type cleanser. It's quite inexpensive. It's only like $15 for almost 500 mils. Sometimes I use a Soap and Glory Face and Soap Clarity Vitamin C Face Wash. Uh, sometimes if I'm feeling bougie, I use the Tatcha Cleanser. The third step is an exfoliant. So you can use a physical exfoliant, which is like a manual scrub, which is like a scrub type product where you massage it into the skin, or you can use a chemical exfoliant, which exfoliates your skin using acids or enzymes. So it's usually in a liquid type form and you put it on a pad and you tap it into your skin, which will also remove dead skin cells. So for physical exfoliants, I like using the Cora Organics by Miranda Kerr. It's a turmeric brightening and exfoliating mask. And for chemical exfoliants, I like using the Paula's Choice Skin Perfecting 2% BHA liquid exfoliant. If you're a skincare junkie, everyone knows about this exfoliant. And oh my God, does it live up to the hype. I've used it for about six months and I find that it really helps my skin. I tend to break out when I'm on my cycle. I don't know how to explain it. When Aunt Flo comes to visit me monthly, my skin tends to break out because of all, I guess, hormonal changes. Even when I'm at that time, it's not as bad as it has been in the past. So I really like this chemical exfoliant. The fourth step is a toner or a face mist. So most of Korean skincare, their toners aren't very harsh or astringent. So the main point of a toner is to adjust the skin's pH levels. The following step, your skin can absorb all the hydrating products to come. Sometimes if you don't use a toner, you can find that your face is quite dry because you've exfoliated. And this step kind of just evens everything out. So I like using the Apollo's Choice Pore Reducing Toner. In terms of face mist, I've been using the Youth to the People Aptogen Soothe and Hydrate Activated Mist. I like mist because I feel like you're at a spa, like you're treating yourself and you're being a little bit bougie. So a mist is just really, I love a mist because it's nice, it's refreshing, it's good to put on before your makeup if your skin is feeling a little bit dry. So I love a good face mist. The fifth step is an essence. Now, what is an essence? I have no idea. I have never used an essence until recently. So basically, so the toner's main job is to balance the skin's pH levels. So an essence's main job is to hydrate the skin again. And from what I've heard, an essence helps the skin absorb any future products that you put onto it. I purchased the Fresh Kombucha Facial Treatment Essence. It smells amazing. I've heard so many good things about the Fresh product line. 
and uh, especially their toner. I think it's like a, a rose toner and in the bottle it has rose petals. And then I looked at it again. I'm like, it kind of looks like dead skin, which threw me off because that's really gross and disgusting. So I couldn't bring myself to buy the toner, but I bought the essence and it smells amazing. It's very fragrant, but it's not too overwhelming. And I purchased it because I saw this review on Sephora, which said one person found that the skin became smoother after using it for two months. It's not oily or sticky. She would definitely repurchase that. So I'm trying that now. I will let you know how I go. The sixth step is a serum. So I guess this is where you can be a little bit more creative in your skincare routine, depending on what you need. If you have really dry skin, you can go for a more hydrating serum. For me, I like to focus more on pores or texture or um, brightening in the skin. So I use the Paula's Choice Niacinamide 20% treatment. I think everyone knows what niacinamide is. From what I know, I heard it's good. You could use it every morning and every night. And it's really great to hydrate your skin. I, niacinamide is great for all skin types and including those with sensitive skin. And it's really recommended for people with rosacea. But I like it to as an everyday type serum. I know The Ordinary also has a niacinamide range, which I used previously. That's kind of like where I started my skincare journey was when I purchased all the products from The Ordinary. Although I do feel like it's a little bit confusing because it's, I feel like their branding is quite scientific. They don't really muck around with what ingredients they have, which is great. Like they don't try to hide that from the consumer. But if you don't know all these I guess specific terms and when they could be used or what these products can be used for it can be quite intimidating and confusing because that that's what I found and I just took a lot of research a lot of trial and error but I guess if you're really into skincare it can be quite fun. I also use retinol and um, at the moment I'm using the Paula's Choice retinol treatment and from what I know about retinol it's used to help with anti-aging benefits and diminishes the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles but the percentage of retinol really depends on what your skin can handle and if it's the first time that you've been using it I know I think one percent's quite strong or the strongest so it's really up to you I use it every other day I don't use it every single day because it can be quite intense the seventh step is a sheet mask and I guess Korean skincare is all about hydration, impacting the deeper layers of your skin as much as possible. And I think like a sheet mask is basically a sheet that's soaked in concentrated serum. So it's just a, another layer of serum. I try not to make, I try to make sure that my serum and my sheet mask are two different, are targeting two different things. I guess you can have the same thing. There's no issues with that, but I like to do, I guess, more than one thing if I'm going to do this extra step. So I just use a Neutrogena Hydro Boost sheet mask because there are so many different types of sheet masks. And I guess if you do it every single day, it can be quite costly. In terms of actual face masks, I actually like using the Ordinary Salicylic Acid 2% mask. And this product is... Um, you squeeze it out of the tube and you can put it on like a little paddle stick 
not a paddle stick, it's like a paddle brush and you apply it all over your face. It's just an easier way to apply your face mask and it makes you feel like a very, it's very spa-like experience, if you will. I know there's other face masks which are, which I've tried in the past and you squeeze it out and you put it all over your face and when it dries you like peel it off your skin but some when you remove the mask from your skin it can tend to tug your skin and I don't really like anything that may cause premature aging such as tugging on the skin when pulling off the face mask so I think a sheet mask is probably the way to go or any mask that you put on your face and you can just wash off with water because that's again quite gentle in removing the mask from your face. The eighth step is an eye cream. I'm not super into eye creams. I'm like, whatever. Um, the one that I use is the Tatcha eye cream. I know that I'm like, eh, whatever for eye cream, but Tatcha is like hella expensive. So it did come in like a, a kit, like a, what do you call it? Like a value kit. Um, otherwise I wouldn't generally use an eye cream. I don't have a like specific eye cream that I go to, but I guess it, the type of eye cream really depends on what your skincare concerns are and how much you really want to spend on your skincare. Do you have dark circles? Do you want to target puffiness? Do you want to target hydration? Do you want to target fine lines and wrinkles? It really depends on what you're looking for in your skincare routine. And then you can just purchase products accordingly. The ninth step is a moisturizer. This really just seals everything into your skin. Whatever whatever serums or creams that you use prior, a moisturizer is is kind of like what holds everything together. I like using the Tatcha water cream. Again, because I have oily skin, it's quite light, but it feels very hydrating. Well, I used to repurchase again and again the Neutrogena Hydro Boost Water Gel. And I found that it was very fast absorbing, especially in the mornings when I use it underneath makeup. I also recently purchased the Inky List Vitamin B, C and E Moisturizer. It was only $8 from Sephora. It's okay. Um, it's quite inexpensive, I guess, for a moisturizer at Sephora rather than the Tatcha one, which is like $102 or something for the same amount. I don't love it as much as Tatcha, which kind of upsets me because it's so expensive. The tenth and final step is using a thicker night cream. If this is at night, you can use a thicker night cream. However, if you're doing this step during the day, that's when you use your sunscreen. For nighttime, if I really want to like have a thick hydrating cream, I use the Kiehl's Overnight Hydrating Mask. Even though it's a mask, I use it as a cream and just leave it on. And in the morning, it feels so, so soft. My skin feels so, so soft. It's insane. Otherwise, I guess you can just use a thicker cream. So rather than a gel, you just use a cream. I also purchased new SPF sunscreen. It hasn't arrived in the mail yet, but these are the ones I purchased. I tried it because one of my girlfriends offered me to try her hand cream and the hand cream had 30 SPF which is apparently unheard of because it's very difficult to have that higher SPF in a hand cream. Could you just use normal sunscreen? Probably but who knows. So the brand that I purchased is called Hello Sunday and I couldn't find them on Sephora or Mecca or like one of the main Australian 
websites, but um, I found it, I think it was Cult Beauty or something like that. And so I bought the Hello Sunday, the one for your lips, lip balm. So I bought a couple of those to put one in the car, one in my bag. I also bought the Hello Sunday, the one for your hands cream and the Hello Sunday, that's the one that's got it all, sun primer. So I heard that one is great for priming your skin before makeup because sometimes what I find when I put sunscreen underneath my makeup, it can be very oily because usually that's how sunscreen is, the texture and it, whatever foundation or CC cream or BB cream that you put on top of your skin, it kind of just slips and slides all over your face. It doesn't stay there the whole day especially it's very hot. So I'm really looking forward to using that one. The last product I got was the Hello Sunday, the Mineral One Face Moisturizer. So I think from what I know, there's like physical moisturizers or chemical. Wait, am I saying that right? Types of sunscreen. Yes, so I was right. So they have a physical sunscreen which is often really heavy and really thick on the skin than it is a chemical sunscreen. So this one's a mineral sunscreen, which I think is the chemical one. So I, I'm, I haven't tried it yet, but I expect or I assume it's quite light on the skin. Um, but it still does the same thing. It's got 50 SPF. And the one I bought maybe last year that I really like using is the Fenty Skin Hydra Visor Invisible Broad Spectrum SPF, but that one's only 15, SPS 15. I really like the smell because it doesn't smell like sunscreen. It feels really luxurious and it's purple, like what sunscreen is purple? Also Rihanna's, it's Rihanna sunscreen, so if good enough for Rihanna, you think it'd be good enough for me. <laughs> so those are the types of products I use for my 10-step Korean skincare routine. I just wanted, lastly, I just wanted to mention body care because as well as your face, you should also be looking after your body. So every week I like to exfoliate my skin because I feel like your skin feels so smooth after. And after having a shower, it's best to moisturize your skin. So you might have heard of the Nivea Body essentially enriched uh, lotion. So a lotion is quite thin as opposed to a cream. And I remember a couple of years ago, all the beauty bloggers used the Nivea lotion because when you take photos, your skin looks like it's so healthy and it's glowing. And because it's a lotion, it's quite thin and it absorbs into the skin quite quickly. Sometimes if I'm going out, I tend to mix it in with like bronzing creams to make your skin look very glowy. And another product that I like using is a Soap and Glory Righteous Butter Body Butter. Because body butters are very thick, they're probably best to use at night rather than the day. I have used the body butter and then gone out, but I feel really sticky the whole night. So I don't really like to go, I wouldn't recommend using that one before going out. But it's a great one to have before you go to bed because as soon as you get out of the shower, your skin's really damp. So any product that you put on top of it, your skin absorbs immediately. So having a lotion or a body butter after is great for your skin. I know this episode is more about products that I'm using, but I love skincare and I really want to get into it more. I found that 
skincare was such a big thing in 2020 when the pandemic hit because I think everyone was so shocked of what was happening and going on in the world and it was a good time to reflect and think about your own self-care and how we should be looking after ourselves better. I know that mental awareness was a really big thing back then and so was self-care and and skincare. So those are the things that I've been doing to help with my skincare routine, skincare routine, my self-care routine. Oh, one last thing I have been doing a lot lately is listening to other podcasts and audiobooks. Surprising, oh, I don't know if that's surprising. I don't read physical books. I do every now and then, but if I'm driving in the car or going out for a walk, I really like listening to audiobooks. I've actually been re-listening to some audiobooks recently. Um, One that I've been listening to is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. I probably haven't listened to this since it came out in 2017, I think it was. But I think re-listening to it, it was so easy to listen to. It reminds me it's a great book. And I feel like if you listen to the same thing, or reread a book again and again, you might get different things out of it. I have also been listening to, oh, a great book that I really loved was You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. That's a great female empowering book. And one that I've been listening to recently is The Daily Laws by Robert Greene. It is a super long book. It's like 12 and a half hours long. Sometimes I listen to things on 2x because I'm just impatient and I like listening to things really fast. Sometimes podcasts or audiobooks or reading a book can be a great way to recharge and reset. So those are things I've been doing for my self-care routine. So what do you guys like to do for self-care? I would love to know. I hope that you got from this episode that self-care isn't the same for everyone. It looks different from everyone. I think self-care for me was different this time last year. I think it's always ever-changing and it depends on what your needs are, what your daily stresses are. Has that changed? What's the best way to address that? And I don't think self-care is something that is a plan B or emergency plan. It's something that should be part of your everyday routine so it's not something that you fall back to if you say we're like me and had a day off because you were sick and it's always good to sit and reflect and reevaluate as needed thank you for listening to today's episode i've loved hanging out with you if you did like this podcast you can subscribe for free on apple podcasts spotify and literally everywhere podcasts are available. You can also rate and review this podcast if you enjoyed it. And you can follow me on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, you name it, at Marley Off Judy. And I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye.